What's going on, everybody? And Jesus, back! Someone's walking down the street and their umbrella's just gone, gone into the wind. Um, I, it has been, you know, I hate to complain, but I'll complain anyway. <laughs> that wind. Um, but yeah, it's tough. I'm trying to think. I think Houston jinxed me. I think ever since Houston Marathon, I've had to deal with some form of wind ever since. And then it just so happens all the nice days, which there's very few. Like we're you're looking at probably one to two max days a week. In fact, I'm one. I think was a was a better shout there. And my first my first gut instinct there was a one, and I think that's pretty accurate. We get about one nice day a week and it usually falls on like a fucking Wednesday which like is just irrelevant for me because I don't train hard on a Wednesday I jog so it's it's been frustrating it's good it's good because like you know don't get me wrong I love I love the mental aspect like I love the you know the the feeling of almost like overcome you know and I was I had a pretty tough session this morning like I had already I already knew it was going to be windy. I'd already sort of like, you know, I expected that. I'd been talking about it all week with my physiologist. We were we actually tried to move it forward a day to um, the Thursday just because yesterday. Yesterday was probably something like 14, 15 mile per hour winds, whereas, um, you know, today was going to be 22. Um, that's quite a big difference, like, you know, because... I would imagine yesterday the gusts would have been like 22, whereas today the consistent wind was like 22, and the gusts were probably, I actually don't fucking know, but I know it was starting to piss me off a little bit. Um, So I did a really good job <clears throat> of like, you know, it happened a couple of times. I could, some laps were actually really nice. It was, uh, it was, it feels like such a gift when like you come around the bend and you're supposed to hit the wind and then like you hit it for a bit and then it kind of settles off <laughs> and then you're like oh yes <laughs> um and then it just fucking hits you again on around the corner a wee bit um but yeah there was a couple of laps where I was just like I would just get smashed by a gust and I'd be looking down and you know I'd be keeping my heart rate at a like fairly consistent heart rate and you know, I might have been going from, like, I guess, like, my watch, I, I have my watch sat to, like, sorry, set the um, lap pace, so, like, so it tells me, it tells me what I'm, if I continue at the same speed, this is what you're going to run for one mile, basically, the lap, rather than, I know some people on a Garmin would use pace, but I think that there's just too much variation in that. So I like to set at the lap pace. Um, and then obviously if you've got it set to take a lap every mile, it sort of just tells you roughly like what sort of a mile pace you're running at. And if you carry that same effort, you should sort of, you know, run that sort of a mile split. Um, But I'd be going from like five minutes, 4.58, five minutes sort of per mile then I'd hit these windy streets and it's a it's a good it's basically you know it's a loop it's a one mile loop so you've you've 800 with the wind on your back you've 
800 with the wind in your face, basically, you know, if you do the maths. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it would just hit me and then I'd be like, oh, feck. And then I'd maybe, you know, during that like windy bit, I'd look down and by the end of it, I might be sitting at like 5.15 and like all grumpy. And then I'd be able to like push and get it back down to maybe like 5.08 to 5.10 sort of per mile. Um, but I was doing my best not to like get frustrated because look, it just, it is what it is. But actually I did a really good job. I, I, I'm such like a, I spend 17 laps of the Victoria Park trying to decide what my caption should be on Strava. And I think that's really hilarious. Not actually 17 laps. That's like an exaggeration, but I do, I do spend a bit of time based on what I'm feeling that morning. And, um, what I, and then some days I, I make a joke on Strava with my captions and, or I quote a movie or shit like this. But, um, today, today what I was thinking in my head was, um, today was one of those sessions that, you know, in the probably not too far future, it's one of those sessions that I'm going to look back on and be like, that fucking counted. Um, Definitely counted from a fitness side of things. Like my, my fitness will move on quite a bit today. Um, but also just from a, like the mental aspect of, um, you know, I probably got to like mile, probably like mile, I want to say like 12, 13, that kind of an area. Um, and I just found myself like, like I'd maybe get a little bit frustrated and then I would just be like, fucking bring it on wind, like, and like, like I, I literally thumped my chest at one point. Like, I talked about what I was going to do in Doha, where I do this like chest thump, and I go like, "Come on, like, what the fuck have you got?" And it, it did have quite a lot. I'm not going to lie, it had quite, it had quite a bit to offer. <laughs> but um, you know, it's it's a nicer way to like mentally um not let it fuck you up. Just like. Just almost like answer back and, and, and be like, whatever, you know, like, you, you know, like you can't, you can't hurt me. You, you can't, you know, it's whatever. I'm going to fucking keep coming. I'm, if you think I'm going to like walk off and not finish this session because it's windy, I'm a fuck. The trouble is, I don't think the wind knew that I was fighting it. It was one of those fights where it was just me. The wind didn't have a fucking clue. Um, so it was a bit one-sided. That was a wee joke. Pretty shit one, but just a wee joke. Um, but yeah, there you go. Look, it, it was a good morning. Um, I think I told you guys about my session on the treadmill Tuesday. Um, today, today I would say I still, I still haven't fucking lost any weight, which is starting to piss me off. And it's really upsetting that I'm going to have to drop things out of my life that I'm very fond of, <laughs> which is pints of Guinness. I, I might have to drop pints of Guinness this weekend, but it is Friday, and Friday's my day. But I haven't even had a chance to think about like pints of Guinness because and I'm going to come back to that. Actually, another thing I'd have to drop out of my my week would be my my housemate says that I eat a fry every day and I beg to differ. And I say, no, I don't. I eat soda bread, bacon, sausage and eggs. <laughs> and he said, you're basically only missing one one item there and it's a fry which is like potato bread <laughs> and I laughed I thought that was really funny so I, I yeah I, I might need to fucking drop that um which is yeah it's pretty upsetting that um because it makes my day that like and I and I used to like 
I used to add it, and I called it like a, a bumper because I, I like to bump the calories, you know, which like I don't know how many people have that relationship with food. Um, that I that I obviously see food as fuel, and so like when I'm talking about bumping the calories, I'm like you know it's actually it's probably pretty obvious. I probably don't need to explain that, but it's just a little boost of calories to make sure that I'm getting in enough for the day, rather than you know constantly living in a in a state of like calorie denial type thing, um, which a lot of runners do. Um, and the only reason they're kind of frustrated with their weight is because. Um, they have an unrealistic goal for race weight. Um, now, interestingly, I don't tend to get much lighter than like 69 kilograms when I'm at sea level. Um, I, just for whatever reason, I'm probably just greedy. Uh, I like I like my fry, my Guinness, my cider, um, and I, I I'm going to come back to that because I think it's important to come back to that. Um, but I actually can't remember why I was going to come back to that. Fuck. That kind of annoys me. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm going to have to see if I can um, drop drop a few pounds before New York Half Marathon. Uh, I'm getting quite nervous about New York Half Marathon. The The field was announced the other day, and it's it's pretty savage. But then it's, it's, it's playing a role in my training because um, I was thinking about it today when I was doing my session. And today, today I pretty much did... Um, five miles, you know, pretty steady, like 5.30 to 5.40 sort of pace. Um, and I don't take recovery at all during this session. Like, the recovery is active, like I'm moving. And, and, I, and I don't fuck about when I'm moving on the recovery because I, I realize that when you're racing a marathon, like, you know, there's no recovery ever. Like, you know, you pick up your fucking drink, you better keep going because the clock ain't stopping. Like, um, so the only... The only time I stop is just to have a little bit of a drink. And then actually today was really interesting because I wanted to stop. I wanted to stop at mile four. Like I was doing six mile at marathon effort. And I'll explain the full session in a minute. But I was doing six mile at marathon effort. And at mile four, it just it just it just worked around mile four that I was going to stop and have a drink um, before I had to do like a mile hard at the end. Um, and then I looked down at my pace, and my pace had slowed a bit, and so I didn't fucking stop. So it's it's interesting that I could have stopped, had a drink, and then my pace would have probably sped up because I'd have, like, recovered a little bit. But it's interesting where my psychology was there, that I was like, fuck this, I'm not stopping now, because then it's then it looks... <laughs> and, and, like, it, it's only me that realizes this. Nobody else can see that I maybe stopped. or But I was like, it in my own head, I was like... I can't tell if I'm stopping because I'm tired to get the pace back on track or if I'm stopping because I, I actually want to fuel the session and, and have a little bit of a drink. Um, so I, I just fucking kept going, to tell you the truth, um, which I find interesting. I, I really like where my psychology's got in my brain. Like, you know, that was that was really impressive this morning. Like, just just the way I dealt with the wind. Um, the way I dealt with, you know, there was me not stopping to get a drink because I wasn't happy with the, the pace. Um, and I mean, you were looking at like the pace was maybe telling me like 512 and I wanted it to say like 505. So I, I was like, get back on it. Don't be, don't be stopping for a drink because then the 505 becomes irrelevant because I, I feel like I cheated to get there. Um, so yeah, no, it was a tough morning. So it was, it was 18 miles altogether. 
Um, 18 and a half probably, and that's half a mile jog to the park, and then I go straight into five mile, pretty steady, um, and then like basically once my once my watch splits at mile five, I go straight into like eight times sixty seconds on, um, sixty seconds off, um, and that's that kind of like gets the juices flowing a bit. I see it as like sixty seconds at half marathon effort. 60 seconds float recovery and my float is still like 530 to 550 pace it just depends on the wind or you know which part of the loop it's on etc etc um and the, like i say the minute the minute is around half marathon effort maybe a little bit harder than half marathon effort if i'm being honest um I, like I'm, I'm pushing a bit but but i'm pushing but i'm in control so it's not quite 10k um but it's kind of like a, a combination of, um, and it's it's tough for me at the minute because it's been such a long time since I've worked on that like 10k type stuff. Um, I don't think it would take me a super long amount of time to bring the 10k type stuff back, but it's been such a long time that I've done it. But I'm also weary of like I don't I don't. I think there's a lot of risk to bring back the 10k type stuff because you know I find in the past it upsets my doctors and um, I kind of didn't want that to happen. You know I, I just wanted a smooth, enjoyable, and fun um, plan up to like the Olympics, for example, rather than like this is the fucking perfect plan. You know, um, if I can nail a very enjoyable plan for me between now and the Olympics and stay healthy, that's a really good place to be. Uh, so I, I got sidetracked again. So five miles steady, three mile of basically, like I said, 60 seconds on, 60 seconds off. And they still come out at like 5.05 to 5.10 per mile um, for the for the sort of split. Um, and then I take a mile easy, but it's actually still like a 5.40, 5.50. Um, and it's not easy. It's just I just don't want to jog around. Like I said, there's no fucking recovery in a marathon. Um, and then I do six miles of marathon effort. This is probably where I got frustrated the most because, like, you know, I went into the park last, like, December and, like, was able to break five minutes per mile around that loop at sort of marathon effort at the end of a long run. And, like, the difference is today was 22 mile per hour winds. When I did it in December, it was, like, five. So, like, it's just frustrating and like I said, I'm pretty sure I've jinxed myself because ever since Houston Marathon, it just feels like there's never a break from this blooming wind. Um, but yeah, I still did all right. I, the, the miles sat between like 5.07 and 5.12. If I'm being honest, I probably worked a bit too hard in the last mile. Um, I, the heart rate went up to like 167, 168, and I should have kept it at like 163, 164. Um but I, I was just, the wind was fucking pissing me off. And when you start thumping your chest and telling the wind to go F itself, I actually think at one point I told the wind to suck my, <laughs> and I'll not finish that phrase, but I don't even know who does that. <laughs> That's so weird. Um, but I was just getting pissed off with it. But equally, I was like, let's go. <laughs> I was, like I'm telling you, I was fighting the wind and it didn't even know I was fighting it. Um, and it definitely was, was winning for a period of time. But um, then I did a mile easy, so the six mile at marathon. And then I did a mile easy, which was probably like a 550. And then I have to finish with a mile hard. And like, I probably wasn't far off being pretty much flat out in the mile hard. Um, 
because you're tired, um, and so like your legs are tired, um, you know, like I said, did I mention it was windy? It was a bit windy, um, and and yeah, so I ran like four thirty, four thirty something. I I think it was like four thirty six, um, but like for two and a half minutes of that, I was like fighting this like gust of crap, like, and I I had to go to the arms and everything. My wee arms were pumping and. Um, it was job well done. That was like I think that was ten seconds quicker than what I what I finished the session. So I did the same session two weeks ago, um, and I, and I was all round a lot quicker. Today was like five twenty average for seventeen miles. Um, I think last time I was like five thirty four. Um, but like I think I think the marathon type effort stuff was a little bit faster. And then the, really the mile at the end is the important one because. I'm told, from what I've read, um, that mile at the end is basically telling you if you had glycogen left. So if you've pushed too hard throughout the session or you're malnourished, one or the other, um, you're, you're going to struggle in that last mile because you'll just not really have much glycogen. And if you don't have much glycogen, you'll not be able to push your heart rate up. So I guess the time is pretty much irrelevant. Actually, what you can get your heart rate up up to is quite relevant. And and if my physiologist had been there, what you can put your lactate up to, the higher the better, actually. Um, but but yeah, no, it it was an enjoyable morning. Um, apart from having like little strops with the wind, it was it was pretty enjoyable. Now I'm driving to Sinai because we changed we changed my gym setup. I was kind of getting frustrated with gym. Um, I was just getting frustrated all around because I was picking up these little niggles and um, I get quite defensive about my running. So if I'm picking up niggles, I, I, I like point the finger at everything. I'm like, well, I'm going to have to make changes here. And everyone thinks I'm really random with changes, like Scully's changing his mind all the time. But I, I pretty much just go off of like, I know that I'm mentally not always like, I don't know what the word would be like. I'm going to almost say like I struggle and like um, if I don't keep myself in a good place and my headspace in a good place, I've been known to like retire in the past, I guess you could say. I think that's fair enough. Um, so if I change my mind and I change the plan, it's because I've done it to protect my psychology probably. Sometimes it's to protect my body. Sometimes it's to protect my psychology. As in, you know, if I've been home for two weeks and, and I still think I can gain more from being home, whether it's more work with a physio because of a little niggle, maybe it's um, using the Alter-G a bit more, uh, maybe it's spending more time with friends, you know, everything counts. They all, they all add to the total collective of where your headspace is, where your body is, where your fitness is. Um, and so if I feel that, I can gain something by being somewhere. I know a lot of people that just because it was in the plan, then then fuck it, you know, you have to stick to it. And I'm not faulting that. That's just you. I just know me, and I just know that I just I, – I literally roll the dice every day. And and then sometimes I'm forced into certain decisions. Like, you know, the wind just kind of pissed me off, and I was kind of like, you know what? Like, I was already thinking today, like, you know, maybe it would be worth going to, like, America. Not necessarily altitude, but, you know, maybe somewhere – a bit warmer in America, or um, but then I've already booked the Portugal trip, um, and my flights are already booked the New York half from Belfast. So at the minute I'm kind of locked in, and that's fine. I'm, I'm actually okay with that. But if I'm not locked in, 
and nobody's dependent on me to be somewhere or to do something, that's when I'm a lot more flexible with like, I don't, I don't believe I have to be anywhere except for getting the training done to the best of my ability. And if I feel there's somewhere else I could be doing that better, then I abandon ship. And that could be a psychological thing. It could be a physical thing. It could be. Um, so yeah, my my I come back to my my pints. Even though I kind of forget where I was going with that, um, I might have to I might have to drop them like it's hot. I get really excited. You know, I finish a session on a Friday today. Not so much because I am tired, and I think like everything, the novelty wears off. That's that's what I've been saying to myself recently. Like. You know, when I first came home, I was so, so, so excited about um, being able to go out and, and to be able to see my buddies. And, and this is really interesting, but um, I, I'm, I don't really care how this sounds, actually. But do you ever find with your mates, you know, you're with your mates and you're all quite serious and like, um, and then you have like one or two pints and all of a sudden, like your mate, your mate in everyday life. If you like hugged them or like sat too close to them, he'd be like, whoa, you're like, what are you doing? But then like you have one or two pints down your throat and you're like sitting on his knee nursing a Guinness. I love that. Like I love how close you get to your friends in these like bonding situations where you are having a wee drink. And I think you just naturally let your hair down a little bit, even if it's only one pint or two or, or for some people it's not even pints. For some people it's just being in that social setting. I love it. It really excites me. Um, it's something that I really miss when I'm not around my friends. Um, like as excited as I am going to the park this morning, and that sounds absolutely tragic that I was excited to go do, you know, 17 miles hard in a pretty horrible day. But I was, I was excited about it. I was like, I love this. Like this is, this is me and my element. Um, I, I get very excited when I'm ironing a shirt on a Friday. And I'm thinking I'm going to meet my lads. <laughs> and you can tell by my laughter that that's legit real. You know, I really do get excited about it. Um, and I don't I don't like deprive myself of anything anymore. Um, I've really learned to, like, trust myself a lot more. And, you know, last week I was out on the Friday and, and I actually went home at, you know, 1230. It's, it's not the earliest, but it's certainly not the latest. I think some of my friends were out until I think they'd been out the night before. And then I think they were out that night to like five o'clock in the morning or something crazy. Um, I can't do that anymore. Like I, I actually wouldn't want to do that anymore. Like I, I think I, I gain enough from just being around my buddies until like midnight or, or you know, just after. And um, and then I feel like I kind of just wake up the next day, like recharged. And um, if I am a little bit hungover, like it takes the edge away. Like I take a Saturday a lot easier I, I go back to all the basics, eat good, sleep good, hydrate good. Um, you know, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not justifying it here. Like, um, you, you got to understand that running takes a really long time for it to work. I, I swear to God, guys, I think I'm on like year, probably year four at the minute of doing altitude camps and, um, God knows how many weeks now I've done above 85, 90 mile a week. You know, you're probably looking at my fourth year in a row averaging over 80 mile a week. Not to mention that's building upon 15 years before that of probably 60 mile a week or, you know, and, and I know they don't sound like big numbers, like 100, 110 and stuff like this, but that's, that's intense. That's a long time. Um, and, and so you have to protect longevity and you always have to protect, um, against like, 
it's probably more a mental breakdown, but physical breakdowns happen too, um, almost sometimes because of like whatever like mental breakdown. So um, yeah, keep yourself in a really good place. And keep that balance. Oh, yes. I know where I was going with the fucking pints. Oh, brilliant. Um, I was talking to my buddy Ross Murray yesterday. And we, we, we were, were always like, I'd say me and Ross are quite like philosophical and stuff. And like, um, you know, pretty deep and, and don't mind delving into things like that. Um, and, and one of the things we were talking about was um, if you could see it, if someone could rub a crystal ball and say, this is your maximum potential. Um, you know, you're going to go on and achieve this. You're going to get this medal or maybe you're not going to get this medal. Anyway. Um, One of the things we talked about was you have to be – this is what I said. I said, I think you have to be the athlete that you want to be, you know. If if your goal is to break a three-hour marathon but not at the expense of drinking 10 pints on a Friday night with your buddies, just fucking own that. You know, own that. And and you know what it might mean? It might mean that you need to supplement a bit more cross-training or a bit more mileage to burn off those 10 Guinness. But fucking be that guy. Be be the athlete that you want to be. Like, don't don't force yourself into a situation that it doesn't fit with your values. You know, like, a lot of people want to be this, like, perfect, almost like fucking Buddhist, like, you know, live in the temple, isolated in a mountain and just train. And then maybe you win a bronze medal at a championships. And I'm not condoning it. And I'm not saying it's not the thing to do. But humans are fucked up. We, we are all fucked up. Like, you know, like we're all you, you could win that medal and you can make so many people proud. But at the end of the day, if you go home and you set the medal on your mantelpiece and you're not content what the fuck was the point, you know, and I really mean that, like, um, you have to be very, very careful that you don't cross a line that moves away from, like, your core values and happiness and contentness with life, and I really mean that, now, there's a professional requirement, you know, you can't, you know, there's a book out there called The 4-Hour Workweek that you could read, and you could walk into your boss on Monday and quit, like, I, I don't necessarily know that I would, like, encourage that, nor would I encourage any professional that's talented enough to be a really, really impressive athlete not to pursue it. But I would always draw the line at, at what cost. Because, you know, I listened to that podcast on Stephen Hendry, um, and he talked about lifting the trophy. And, and, you know, the minute he lifted the trophy, there was almost like a like a lull, you know, like a, it wasn't really about the trophy. It was about his own inner drive and his own. Um, so I definitely think you have to protect yourself. Um, you know, you, you have to be you have to be OK with the commitment and the drive that it takes to be very, very successful. Um, but at the same time, you know, don't give too much of yourself away that when you do achieve something, you can't even be like, you know, if for 10 years I isolated myself up on a mountain, didn't talk to anyone, just trained, stopped the podcast, um, really knuckled down, or at least in my head thought that's what it took, and then you did go on to, you know, win a medal, who are you going to have pints with after? <laughs> you know, who, like when you get home, who are you going to fucking cry your eyes out to and say you couldn't believe that you achieved it? Like we, we as humans, we love sharing things with people. And I think that's what's so special about keeping a part of yourself and keeping your friends close and your family close and, and all these things that means things to you. Don't see them as distractions and hindrances. See them as power and do it for those people, you know. Um, now, it doesn't mean you shouldn't say no to nights out and, and you shouldn't drink responsibly and 
and shouldn't eat responsibly and things like this. Like, you know, I'm uh, like, don't get me wrong. I'm, I'm between, between even Friday night when I come home at midnight and I'm having like a sandwich and a, and a hydration tablet, you know, I'm, I'm dialed in again, but just for those, like maybe three hours between or four hours, eight o'clock on a Friday night to midnight when I'm in Belfast and I, and I normalize myself and I go with my friends and I iron my shirt and I really have a good time. That's like my, I don't know what those four hours in a week count for in terms of seven times 24. I suppose I could do the maths quite quick. Seven times four, 28. Seven times 20 is 140, 164, 164 hours. So, you know, four hours of that, no, 168 hours. Um, it really isn't that much, four in 168. I'm not that good at maths that I could do the division now. But um, what, I'm, what I'm basically trying to say is don't, don't um, beat yourself up. Be the athlete that you want to be. Back in the day, the likes of Brendan Foster and co, um, Dave Bedford. I don't know about Brendan Foster, actually, but the Bedfords, you know, they ran a lot, pretty much so that they could drink a lot of beers. Um, and, and they got very, very successful doing it. And at least at least they were true to themselves. They they were their own runners, you know, and, and they'll be content with that for the rest of their lives. Um, I also believe the mind is so powerful that if you don't protect your ma- your mind and you don't keep a part of yourself, you will lose yourself and, and you'll do all this training up in this isolated mountain or, or you know, away from your family or, or tell your kids no on a Sunday that you can't go with them ice skating because, you know, if you have this race in six weeks time. And then when, when the going gets tough, you don't want that fucking creeping up on you in the middle of a marathon. You know, yeah, you're a, like shit this, shit that, blah, 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 shit brother, shit son, shit dad, whatever. You, you can't, you know, shit mum. Um, you can't have demons like that in your head. You need to just be, you need to get your fitness to where it's capable of getting with your happiness and your contentness intact. And then once you get to there, then fucking own it, own that fitness and go take care of business. And that's what I get so good at. You know, there's no doubt I build these really good fitnesses, but I also stand on a start line just feeling invincible because I haven't sacrificed my soul almost just for the sake of some fitness. I'm I'm right where I want to be, both physically, mentally, all the rest of it. And it's a very powerful, powerful place to be. Um, I really sidetracked there, but absolutely love that, guys. Um, great session. Um, <laughs> that's like me offloading. <laughs> um, but yeah, guys, I do appreciate you listening. I, I hope you got some value out of that. Um, own the wind this weekend if you're training. It's going to be a shitty one. Um, just tell the wind to fuck off. Or like I did, tell it to, yeah, I'll not repeat it. Um, But good job, guys. Take care. Bye-bye-bye now.